I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Muskie Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your three hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We have two other hunks on the line, and we've got a special guest this week. So, to jump into this episode, we have on the phone tonight, Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Glad to be here. Hi, Owen. Hi, guys. Good evening. Never misses. No, I did miss. I, I I just missed the Chase Gibson episode. That's true. That was uh, that was my first miss, I believe. One of 48, 47? Not bad. Yeah, we're, we're getting up there, man. Your percentage is pretty high. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, you know, I, I had to miss that time because I had to take my son to, to Florida. So had to had to miss. An, and, and we normally don't record on a Friday either. That was rare. Oh, nah, yeah. That was kind that of was rough. rare. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I'm back. I'm I'm back. I'm I'm happy to be back. So just real quick, how was your trip? Oh, dude, it was amazing. It was really cool. Uh just a quick rundown. I decided my wife and I decided to surprise my son on his 13th birthday. So obviously a big birthday for a little kid. He's our oldest. So uh we surprised him and I flew him to Florida. He and I, the two of us, went to Florida on a Friday. We did uh Disney, the Star Wars um at Hollywood studios, like all the star Wars stuff all day, Saturday. And then we flew home on Sunday. Uh, so it was kind of like this real quick fly down to Florida, do, you know, do the Disney stuff and come home. And he just had an absolute blast. It was a great, great to be able to spend some time with my son like that, you know, one-on-one having three kids. It's hard to get one-on-one time with really any of them. So it was awesome. So thank you for asking. That's awesome, dude. I love hearing that stuff. He'll, he'll remember that one for a while. I turned 30 Monday. You want to take me to Florida? You want to take Tom to Disney? I'll, I'll take you. I'll take you down. Down Pitcairn. Yeah, take me down Pittsburgh. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go down the creek. We'll go down the creek down Pitcairn. <laughs> that's so good. Perfect 30th. We also have on the phone tonight, Mr. Tom Venata. Hello. Just in case you didn't know. Yellow. Yellow. Oh, Not as good oh. of an average as Owen, but better than Nick. That's all that matters. True, yeah. true. It yeah, only dad, young, new dads get 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 a lot of grace around here, especially because we record it right at bedtime for kids. So it's 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 completely understandable that things happen when you have kids, man. They're at any time you could have like an absolute shit explosion and like you know need all hands on deck to to clean a diaper. So you know I, I totally get it. <clears throat> I just can't wait for Tom. Just to have that that first whoopsie, and all of a sudden he's gonna be a new dad. Slip one gonna, by the goaltender. Yeah, nope. exactly. He's gonna slip on right by the goaltender on, nope, on nope, that nope. one. Nope. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen at some point. You're gonna be a dad. <laughs> cat dad. That's it. Yeah. Well, I'm a cat dad. Anyway, we have a we have a guest this evening. Let's get into this because this uh, this is gonna be another fun episode for us. So I'll I'll kick it over to Tom. You can introduce our guest for tonight. Yeah, so a couple episodes ago, I kind of I kind of liked what I called him. I called him a multi-sport athlete, and I like that. I'm sticking with it because this guy, he's a really good fisherman and a really good videographer too, an editor and stuff. And like usually when you find one, you don't have the other. Like when I watch YouTube videos, they're either like a really good filmer and editor, 
and they kind of suck at fishing or they're really, really good at fishing and they can't make a video. And this guy, he's both. He makes like the best fishing videos I've ever seen. He puts information out there in a way that's easy for like all of us to understand. It's kind of like advanced musky fishing for dummies as much of an oxymoron as that is. He makes it like real easy to understand the hard stuff about musky fishing. And recently, uh, kind of a big deal, he just got signed with Cannel Gratis. I'm probably saying that wrong, but he can correct me. Um, that guy is Ben Stone of Ben Stone Fishing. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it right, Cannel Gratis. Nice. If we did have Ben before, but he was like in the middle of driving somewhere to make a video. Yeah, and... I felt yeah. bad. Like Ben, Ben didn't get to say like three words because he was driving and we had like <laughs> 25 people on the podcast. Mm. So it was hard to get a word in edgewise, if, even if you were present on the Zoom call, not not driving. So welcome to have you, Ben. Glad We're glad to have you. Dude, I yeah, got to say, thanks for having me. I want to echo Tom here too, because I've been watching a lot more of your stuff. And seriously, dude, you, you're absolutely killing it when it comes to just content creation in general so super pumped to talk to you tonight yeah me too i appreciate all that thank you this is a very busy guy so we appreciate his time he could have said screw these bums i have a video to make for a million people but he's taking his time to sit down and talk to some chumps and we appreciate that well let's let's start off like kind of so our listeners know a little bit about uh about ben he's he's another one of i guess the young guns in the in the industry, so to speak. Uh, one of the younger, I don't know how old are you, Ben? Twenty three. Just turned twenty three. Okay. So again, you know, we're we're talking about guys. This is literally the next generation of of musky fishing that we're talking to. And I think I've been following Ben for for probably two three years now. And you know, he's just a kind of a, a breath of fresh air in the you know on YouTube, just the, the his attitude and everything. So I just wanted to say, you know, I've I've also been watching your videos and I've I've really I I, I appreciate your take on things and you're trying to kind of simplify things for for your your watchers. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh that's really nice to hear those things because that's exactly what I try to do. Um I, I've been like a really big fan of uncut angling and I was always, I always admired like how effectively he could communicate information in such a like simple and understanding way. So mm-hmm. I've definitely tried to kind of take after that. So to hear those words, you know, that's really meaningful for me, especially. Mm-hmm. So first off, where are you from? I am from Minnesota. I'm in the Northern part of the twin cities Metro. So spent a lot of time fishing the, the more well-known higher pressure lakes in Minnesota. So. Okay, so you were born and raised in Minnesota, so you grew up around muskies, right? Yep. Did you start musky fishing as a kid, or is that something that came on as you got a little bit older? For as long as I can remember, like, I was drawn to muskies. Um, I think I read about them in a book that my mom gave me, but nobody in my family musky fished or anything like that. I just always wanted to um, fish for them, so I didn't get the opportunity to start chasing muskies until I was, like, 13, I think. And, uh, I did a guide trip with Jason Hammernick and like that kind of just sealed me right into it. At 13 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So it was like, it was a long time coming. Like I was, I would read and like watch musky stuff constantly, but I would never really get a good opportunity to go fish for them just because nobody else in my family did it. And I didn't really have access to, to go to musky waters. But as soon as that door opened up, it was like, that's what I was doing was musky fishing. 
it seems like that's like a generational thing like this generation above us like our parents weren't diehard musky fishermen so the kids they kind of didn't you know what i mean like i yeah. feel like our kids are going to be exposed to musky fishing right away like like look at nick's kid wade like as soon as he can hold a fishing rod nick's going to be like we're going musky fishing but that wasn't a thing for our <laughs> i parents. just want to point like, out there that tom said our kids there Yes. Well, our yeah, generation. Did, right? Let me correct that. Oh, my generation, oh, okay. not my. Guys. No, Tom. Tom, you're exactly right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But maybe we're just looking at that from the viewpoint of guys who are addicted to muskies. Where yeah. if if our if our dads were addicted to muskies, we would have known about muskies. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're kind of a small, we're a small group within the fishing industry. So yeah. uh, it's nice to see young guys like Ben and chase and all these other young like the baddock brothers you know there's so many young talented musky fishermen out there putting out content and hopefully that's going to inspire more good dudes to go out not like you know people that just want to go out and catch the biggest fish in the lake to to pound their chest and you know put it on social media like people that really care about it and that are going to do this for a long time in this industry and and i'm really looking forward to what, what the future in the musky industry holds because of these guys so again let's 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 get back to you started in northern minnesota or i guess in that's not considered northern minnesota right you're in the northern of the metro section right yeah yeah like i would say it's more like central south central minnesota but kind of right in the middle but when um the first time i really got into musky fishing i got to go musky fishing is we would my family would always go up to grand rapids so like i caught my first musky offshore on the mississippi river and <laughs> that's like the only really time and place that i got to musky fish was i'd have like an hour or two every like once every year on the mississippi river and then that was it until I was able to to drive and have a boat and all that other stuff. So now did your family fish for other species or just not an outdoorsy type of family? Yeah. My family was, was very into fishing, especially like my mom. Um, she got me into fishing when we'd go to our cabin and stuff, but our cabin was on a lake without muskies in it. And you know, like the interest was mainly just on like crappies, walleye, stuff like that. So the, mm -hmm. the door wasn't necessarily always open to, to chase after muskies. I kind of had to like, plead my case for like an hour or two to go shore fishing or something like that. The time that I've spent in Northern Minnesota, which is, was in, in like the boundary waters area, there's like no muskies up there. At least that I'm very, very few muskies up in like the boundary waters, Quetico area. So I never like ran into them when I was fishing in Northern Minnesota either. So I can see how you, you know, it's not exactly something that's ever, it's not, they're not everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and and the one thing that's that's nice, but also not nice about Minnesota is like, generally like there's like areas that have a bunch of musky lakes, and there's areas that don't. So like if you're in an area where there's a bunch of musky lakes, it's like perfect because a lot of times like those fish will either like you know like migrate to different waters or whatever. But um, I just kind of had it unlucky to where when I where I grew up, there wasn't really anything in the area, and then anything in the area of my cabin, there wasn't really much there. So. It was kind of uh, tough. I definitely wish I could have spent more time when I was a kid, but I don't think I'd change my upbringing for the world. So, I think that reflects in your fishing, though, because I, I mean, like when I said you're like a good fisherman, I'm watching your videos and not a lot of guys are making their own like swim bait rigs for their soft plastics or musky fishing or and like you can just see these little intricacies in your fishing that you did other things before, like you're a young guy but you went through the steps, you know what I mean? Like you did the bass fishing and the crappy fishing and that reflects in your musky fishing, I think. Yeah. Um, funny you say that because, um, 
Yeah, actually, when I was super, super young, like, I was obsessed with fly fishing. So, like, I had, like, I was, like, really, really interested in, like, making my own flies and, and stuff. My my family has a story they love to tell people. But um, when I was very young, to, too young to know any better, I uh, we had a cat, and I took some of his hairs to make a, a fly. So, like, that nice. kind of, like, that was, like, my first, like, branch out into trying to make my own fishing stuff. So, like, that's also definitely kind of been a side thing. Oh, this just opened up. Own. Come here, kitty, kitty. This just opened up a whole new world for me over here. <laughs> you said you liked Aaron Weeb. Now, was this inspired by the whole beard bucktail? You were like, I got to make a cat fly now. Or was this before Weeb did the bucktail? That was, that was before he did it. So, when he did that, I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. I think you might be copying yeah. your style there <laughs> now, did you catch anything on the cat fly that's the real question i did i caught a crappie on it and then it fell apart <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so you're young you're making this sh- like transition into musky when did the boat happen because I, I know you're you're rolling around in a pretty sweet boat now on that well let me, let me hold on let's back up a little bit because you say your family has a cat had a has a, a cabin on a little lake and that lake doesn't have muskies in it and i would as I, I now that I have a cabin on a little lake, I can realize it's really hard to go other places when you have a cabin on a certain lake. Like I'm sure your parents weren't like taking you all over the place because you have we're here, fish here. Yeah. Like you're here. <laughs> yeah. Like this is where we can fish. You know, like we bought a cabin here. This is we this is why we're here, right? Yeah, that's a, exactly how it was. I have a I have actually a pretty incredible story about like my cabin um but it was on like a bigger lake it was on a big sandy lake in minnesota if anybody else that, that like listening is familiar with it but we were in like a little tiny bay and we just had a 12 foot aluminum boat with a trolling motor so we would just the only thing we would really do is just do circles in that little bay and just troll like lindy rigs and stuff but um like i grew up hearing from like my parents and my grandma like they would mention muskies being in that lake. So I grew up thinking there was muskies in it. And then finally, when I was old enough to kind of like research and stuff, I found out that there wasn't. And like, that was, they were just kind of like telling me lies or they were thinking about <laughs> Pike. My whole childhood was a lie. <laughs> but there was, uh, I grew up kind of thinking that they were in there. But there was a summer where I checked a lake survey and they found one lone muskie in there because there was a flood that uh, made the lake basically level with the, the Mississippi River um and ironically enough the next i think it was the next summer i went up there uh, i made myself like a little lindy rig spinner that was kind of like a with two little like number four number three blades on it like a bucktail and i was just casting that for pike and i wound up catching a muskie like right in front of my cabin and like that was like the most bizarre thing that i've ever experienced so it it was just kind of nice to actually catch a muskie out of a lake that I was like always grew up thinking there was. So like, but that so was what does that like, mean? To you? Like, like I, does that mean I that there's no possibly some type of reproduction in there because they're obviously they're not stocked, and you would know if they were if if the government was stocking right. in that lake. So obviously something had to have happened there. Yeah, well, I was pretty intrigued by it. So like, I emailed the DNR my fish picture and, and they sent me actually a picture of the one they caught in their survey and they were like right around the same size they were holding it in the opposite direction than i was but to me it definitely looked like it could have been the same fish but basically what they said is like one just meandered in from the river when it was flooded so like i if i had to, and it's a big lake like i i would assume that there's at least a few in there 
but I've never heard of like, I've done research, I've talked to people, but I've never heard anything of like a, a fishable population there, but it would definitely make for a really good muskie. Like, huh. that, that's going to be sucky to be the only muskie in a lake, just looking for a mate or like a friend. You got flooded <laughs> out and you end up in this pond and you're just looking for that's, one other muskie. Tom, it's like Tom, zone. Tom looking for steelhead fishing friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't yeah, find him. <laughs> I would love to be that musky because I'm. I just, in general, like just want to get away from everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be the only one in the lake and just True. chow, just and eat, eat yeah, all eat. day long. Maybe find a pike, <laughs> pike to mate with, a nice little pike to mate with to settle down with. <laughs> so, when did this boat happen? Are we allowed to move on to that, Owen? Or do you? Sure. Okay. So you're you're at the cabin. You're stuck there. You know when did when did Benstone get the branch out and get the boat and I think it was 2015. My grandpa gave me a um, a 14 foot aluminum boat with like a 9.9 Evinrude. So that was kind of like I didn't have my license at the time, but the next year I got my license, and then I was able to kind of like finally like, you know, I uh, I'm pretty close to a musky lake, and I was able to kind of start going there, and it didn't happen instantly. I went like basically two years where I just couldn't figure it out. And, uh, are you I filming think, videos at this point? Yeah, I would, I would like, I had a way that I could like mount my GoPro and stuff. And like, I, I had been in the, to the whole video thing for since like sixth grade, I think I was making videos on an iPod touch. So, like I always had an interest in that. So like I got a, a GoPro and would always run it when I was out trying to musky fish, but took me a while to actually finally get one. I had so many follows and stuff for like the first two years I was able to do that. But I think in turn, like that allowed me just to number one, like kind of get fed up in a good way. Whereas like, I just want to like figure this out and like nothing's going to stop me. But then also it was just, um, just like learning like a lot. Like I was always like really, really drawn into like just trying to figure out different things. And like, if I did figure something out, like I would be like, okay, I know that, but I want to figure this out. So like, I think that's definitely what really helped me kind of figure it out. Cause I didn't, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody that was into the whole musky fishing thing. So like I was very much just self-taught. Can I, can I ask you, well, I'm not going to ask you if I can ask a question again. <laughs> I'm just going to ask it. So can we, I want to talk, I want to talk about this progression for a second, because this is something that I think a lot of people go through, right? Like it took me probably, I mean, you said two years before you figured it out. It probably took me like four, you know, and, and, and even now, like I'm still, I wouldn't consider figured it out, but yeah. you know, like l talk about that for a minute. Like what was, what was that like for you fishing out of that boat, you know, trying to accomplish essentially a goal of catching a muskie? Like, did Where'd you, you feel, start? Yeah. Like, did you feel like the frustrations? Did you feel like, how, just kind of talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So, um, the biggest thing that, that helped me at my start was that guide trip that I did with uh, Jason Hamrick because it was one full day. And like in that full day, we fished like basically three totally different types of spots. And that was the only thing that I necessarily knew about actually musky fishing for myself without just like casting blindly. So the first time I actually got to go out and fish this lake, I just, I followed the same three things that I did and I was able to kind of start getting follows and then like, it was just a matter of like kind of getting like the confidence up. And like, I remember like every follow that I'd have, it was like the greatest thing ever. And it was like the scariest thing ever, but it was just kind of like, just, just trying to stick with it. And like, it was really tedious and frustrating because like, it was, 
very limited on when things would happen, but like, it was just a matter of like not giving up and like staying out there and just keep trying different things until something finally worked. Can I ask what lake you took that guide trip on with him? It was on Mille Lacs. I, okay. I had, what I had watched, uh, um a keys outdoors episode where they they filmed it in the minnesota metro and they were with jason hammerdick so like after i saw that like i was like oh like he guides in the metro so i that's what i wanted to do and then like when i actually scheduled the guide trip for like my birthday um he told my dad that he he was only doing malax and like alexandria so we did malax and that was in 2012 so um we had i had more opportunities than i'd like to admit on that lake for our guide trip but i was i wasn't ever able to, uh, to to catch anything but it was just a matter of like taking note of the spots we were fishing the lures and trying to replicate that stuff when i was able to what time of year uh, was that trip it was uh, early august i think it was august 6th so it was later in the season um but we had plenty of, of action for me to be like, okay, like this stuff was working. And were you yeah. filming at this point? No, I, I wanted to run my GoPro, but I was very young and I think I was just like too scared to like a little bring intimidated. it on and, and turn it on. For yeah, sure, but, yeah. Um, I just remember that guide trip be, just being like a really important thing. Like I can still remember just about every part of it. And I just remember like I, I had my mind blown so many times because like I think the one thing that resonated with me the most was when we went out in the evening, we fished in like two feet of water on sand, throwing top waters and white caps. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, I didn't, <laughs> to me, that was like mind blowing. And that was where we had most of our action. So like, that's like the main thing where I was like, I got to try doing that again. And luckily the lake that I fish in the Metro fishes pretty closely to that. And I think that also kind of helped me just kind of get my, my feet on the ground and kind of, figure this thing out i think that's cool with such a young kid i mean especially like as a young kid any young kid that i'm not i'm not bashing on young kids here but like a teenage kid that wants <laughs> to learn something about fishing what are they going to do they're usually going to go to like facebook or youtube or something and here you have been as a 13 year old out with jason hammernick chucking topwater and white caps like to learn how to musky fish i think that speaks to what kind of fisherman you are i i agree with that i mean is it a fair assessment and 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 Ben, you're a little bit older than, than what we're talking about here, but yeah, like kids, you know, like some of these kids, like I'll, I'll pick on my nieces and nephews, you know, you're talking right now, like nine, 10, 11, 12, like that generation. Like I don't see really where they even want to get out on the water and do stuff like that. You know, <laughs> I mean, we it's talk hard. about this all the time. Like, you know, like kids are attached to their phones and their tablets and everything else. And, and, that's just kind of the way it is now. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard, man. It's like, I mean, you guys see, you guys have all seen how hard I try to get to, to make, have my kids have access to the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And even with that, like, it's hard to, to get them interested in stuff, you know, because of all the, all the things that are presented to them right in front of their face with their iPhones and, and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd love to see more, young people like that but it, it's hard to get the, it's hard to get them interested but it really to Tom, is to tom's point though i mean that's what does make it kind of impressive like to see guys like ben you know get doing this because i mean jumping straight to musky fishing like that's not really conducive to young kids anyway or just although younger let, guys let me, in general let me play the devil's advocate and say we're also in like this is the youtube generation that yeah. that 
you know, is out there. So the you somebody is watching these videos. So mm-hmm. there are all, all there are obviously people out there that are interested in this stuff because people are consuming this. And hopefully there you're hopefully there are people, kids that look at guys like Ben and see a young young guy out there doing it and they're like, all right, this is cool. It's not just like some old guy like my dad, you know, you know, chewing tobacco and smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. You know, it's it's like Man, look, this can be fun, and it's it's exciting. I, I guarantee there are. I guarantee. And Ben, have you had any? Have you had any like young guys reach out to you at all? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah. Actually, more so this year than than any other time. And uh, it's um, it's been really really cool for me, especially like uh, anytime that uh, I meet somebody younger than me that's like trying to get into it. I like it just makes my day, and like it's like it's really cool for me. Um, I don't always see it like in my, like my channel, like demographics or anything like the jet, like most of my audience that I see on my videos are usually like 20 to 30, but I can't like, I mean, I get, you know, people that reach out to me um, somewhat regularly that are, that are definitely younger. And uh, I also used to work at a smaller bait shop and anytime that I saw younger kids come in there with like their parents or whatever, I always did my best to like, help them out and i just think that's really cool so like that's definitely one of my goals is to try to kind of up the the numbers or engagement with with younger people like that because i know how influential it was for me like fishing is not only giving me like a, a burning passion for fishing obviously but like it's also just taught me a lot about life you mm-hmm. learn about a lot about life from fishing so yep. that's like something that's very important to me is just trying to um cater more towards the younger people because obviously like i see it just like you guys see it not many kids are gravitating towards this kind of stuff anymore or at least it seems that way so mm-hmm. that's something that's super important it's like wise beyond your years sir absolutely <laughs> yeah I, I love seeing that i keep riding you for this video stuff ben but do you, we talked about how you got into the whole musky thing when did you decide that like, I'm going to go pedal to the metal on this video thing. Like I want a YouTube channel. I'm going to start cranking out content. When did that happen? It's kind of weird. So for me, it had happened in like different uh, like phases. So like my favorite thing to do since I couldn't always go fishing when I was younger, I was obsessed with fishing TV shows. Mm-hmm. And so, Aren't um, we all? yeah. So <laughs> Larry Dahlberg uh, hunt for big fish. That's my all time <laughs> go to like and and he and that actually makes me think of metro muskies because he actually had a an episode called metro muskies Mm -hmm. where he just went to a couple of metro lakes and uh so i i remember that vividly from at least 10 this had to i mean my son was born in 2009 so and i remember him sitting on my lap on a saturday morning and us watching larry Dahlberg. so that couldn't have been too you know that's not a lot that's not far away from 2012 yeah yeah but i i started um just for fun like just for purely fun um i would like take my ipod touch i'd fish the the mississippi river a lot for like rough fish and stuff but like Mm. that was where i started making videos i just like every time i got a bite on my rod tip i'd like flip my ipod touch up against the tackle box and pretend like (laughs) i was making a tv show and then um the only reason why i started uploading to youtube at that time was that i didn't have enough storage to keep my like stuff on my ipod so i would upload it without the expectation that anybody was watching and then like i kind of got interested in 
um, like video editing. So then I would just edit for fun, like purely for fun. And somewhere along the line, I think I had like a couple of people that's kind of started watching and then that's all it kind of was. And then uh, once I got into like high school was when I was like really trying to like figure video editing out. So I started to make more stuff like that. And, um, you take some classes and like some basic video classes in high school and yeah and it was a lot of just like looking at tutorials on youtube and stuff and then we had this project when i was in 10th grade to like spend the summer like with you had to have like some sort of end goal but to try to make something and i just did mine on making fishing videos and that's so cool that was yeah that was when i i caught my first ever muskie on video and I made that video and I thought it was like the greatest thing ever at that time. And now I watch it and it's quite embarrassing, but that was Do you remember like what grade? Moment. Do you remember what grade you got on the musky video? That was. It better have got an A. That's all I'm saying. If that got anything but an A, that's, that's not fair. I, I think it was, I can't remember exactly, but <laughs> I know that my, my kind of, um, my teacher that was like overseeing everything was like, like really like, took an interest to like how into it I was. Mm-hmm. And I just remember we had like this fair thing where you would like stand and display your project or whatever. I just had my video song on like a loop and just people were like, yeah, that's what you did. And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. <laughs> if I'm a teacher and someone does that, they're getting an A. I don't care if it's a crappy video. That they're getting an A. They're passing with flying colors. Well, I guarantee Nate Bod would give you an A. Oh on yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Now, Ben, like you do, how many videos are you putting out? You know, are you trying to do one a month, or do you have some type of a a requirement with Canal Gratis? Like you have to put out so many so many videos because you don't i mean you don't you don't flood youtube with junk you know what i mean like you when you you post something it seems to be it's something that you've put some work into and it's not just like putting it out there just to put it out there yeah it's it's funny because it's kind of changed from when i initially started because i started back in june of last year and when i kind of initially started was i tried to do one video a week and um obviously like i'm working for other people and under other people. So like, I didn't, I don't always have the freedom to kind of do exactly what I want to do. So I started off doing like a lot of fast stuff, bike stuff, just multi-species. And then we'll transition into like the musky stuff. And I was just for the first, like three quarters of a year, it was one video a week, which got pretty brutal to try to keep up with, especially when you were in the slower time of year when there's not much to do. Now, was that on uh, the Ben Ben Stone fishing? Or was that on Canal Gratis? No, that that was with Canal Gratis. When I was doing videos on my own channel, it was purely just when I had something to upload. At, at that point, I didn't really have like a formula or like a specific thing behind it. I was very much just going out and filming. And if I got something, then I would make it. If I didn't, I, I wouldn't. And at that point in time, I was really just trying to like try editing each video in like really different ways just for like, Mostly the experience again. It's like that when I was doing it under my own self, it wasn't necessarily trying to like build a huge audience so I could do this. It was just mostly just trying to get the experience because you know, like I was trying to be realistic. Like I'm I'm a kid that's making fishing videos. Like I got like I can't expect that to take me somewhere. So I was use, mostly using it as a way to just like better my skills in editing, better my skills with the camera, um, so I could do like freelance work. But then uh, um, 
uh, spring of 2021 was when I got in talks with Canal Gratis and they were like talking to me saying, oh, we're going to hire somebody to do this full time. I, it blew my mind and I was really, 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 really lucky to have gotten that opportunity with them. And that really like it, it not only like helped me understand YouTube a lot more, but it was just like it gave me confidence and like the self-belief that I can make videos other than musky fishing because like on my old channel was like it had to be musky fishing because that's what i've grown up doing it's what I've, like my session has been for so i think i would kind of discredit myself with other ends of it so with this with canal gratis that's really helped kind of like i would say kind of broaden my horizons back to kind of like just being multi-species for, for people in the states here what exactly is canal gratis so canal gratis was um, well, is mainly a, a Swedish YouTube channel, and they do a variety of stuff. Like it's it's a lot of just regular uh, YouTube fishing videos. But the one thing that's that's really big that I think they're known for is what they call their major formats. But they're it's uh if you've seen thirty nine hours, it's mm-hmm. basically that format done with uh, specific species. So they have one called Fly versus Jerk, which is their Pike one. Then they have Xander Pro and Perch Pro. And they get they get a lot of like attention and views on that kind of stuff, but they're really kind of just like a bunch of different things. It's it's fishing content, it's tournament content, and they also have like uh, a regular like website where you can buy stuff. So it's it's a very ambitious company, bunch of different outlets. They've obviously got my YouTube channel, but they've got one for France, Germany, the Netherlands, and obviously Sweden. So they're very ambitious it's a massive ambitious. brand i mean it's worldwide it's yeah. now how, how did, did you go ahead tom did they come to you and they're like yeah and we love what you've been doing was it like one video in particular that they're like, they're like we want or did this you happen to more? know the right like, person like yeah. you know sometimes you just know the right person and hey things happen and it's perfect you know yeah it was kind of a mix between those two things um because i watched a few of their they have a few videos with like joe peterson um who makes like true glide lures they did like a couple of musky videos. Like I had seen their stuff on YouTube before and I'm friends with Joe Peterson on Facebook and, and he shared um, basically like a regular job listing that they posted. So like I literally just applied for it. Like I, I went onto their website, applied for it. And then obviously there was like a, a little window where I could link my, my videos and experience and all that kind of stuff. But um they obviously took an interest to, to what I had done on my own and just over by just talking on the phone, they made up their mind that they wanted me to do this thing for them. So then that's what I was brought on. And that's kind of how it's been since then. So it was definitely a very unique uh, experience that I never thought just the way it happened was just. Do you remember the day this happened? Was there a little uh, celebrating going on? And Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, <laughs> First phone call that I had, I remember that. And then uh, I had a couple of phone calls after that. But I remember there was one, um, there was an email that uh, they sent me a couple of lures to try and I caught a really big bass on them. And the, one of the emails, they were like, oh, this is like meant to be. And like when I saw that, I was kind of like, oh, like, this cool. is this is going like, to happen. That's like being a kid and getting drafted into the NFL, like as a fisherman. I mean, getting well, getting the call from Canal Gratis, like, hey, we want you on our team. It's is like, this a full time? Is this your full-time job or do you work another job and you do this on the side? This is my full-time job at the moment. And uh, it's, it is really incredible, but um, realistically also, you know, it's, it's, 
it's uh it's for you know a com a decent sized company but um with with my channel especially like it has to grow still mm -hmm. so it's also a little challenging that aspect and that aspect it can be um there's a lot of pressure i guess that i feel on myself because it's like if i'm not getting like a decent amount of views on my videos or stuff like that like i, I put a lot of weight on myself where i'm like oh i gotta figure this out for them because like it's my like this is why they brought me on is to grow this channel so there's a lot of like there's a lot of good and there's a lot of like stress with it too it's it's mm -hmm. a it's like any job all, you have to you have to meet the requirements yeah. of the job and yeah see how are your trips over there yeah i want to know about this trip over there that's like a bucket list okay, for yeah. me right there yeah so the, the first trip um was lots of things initially <laughs> like i remember up until the day that i left it was just kind of like oh like i'm gonna i'm gonna be doing this like i'm gonna go to sweden had you been overseas before that nope i had never yeah i'd never flown alone and never been out of the country nobody in my family has been out of the country up up to this point so like i'm like oh man I'm like oh, wow <laughs> this is a lot like i was getting pretty nervous and then i remember the the day that it like it, the day that it came like uh, my parents were obviously sketched out because they're like, "Oh, you're flying over to another country to meet people you've never <laughs> met, met on the internet. You're going to be fishing for a full time job." Yeah, so like, there was all that. Yeah. I was like, "I'm like, oh, but like, I, I've watched their videos. Like, I, I like, it's going to be fine." And like, I just like, you just kind of have a feeling where like, like, I got to do this. Like, it's my only option. Ben's flown to Sweden to hang out with guys he met on the internet again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the big thing that, that did help, though, was that I'd seen, like, their content before. So I kind of had an idea of, of like, who I was going to be. But I remember the day that I got dropped off at the airport, like, the nerves hit me like a brick wall. Like, I was like, I wanted to throw up at the airport. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and then uh, I was just, like, like sweating bullets at the airport. I'm, like, freaking out. And then I got on the plane. As soon as the plane, like, left the ground, I was like, well, there's no turning back. Like, this is going to yeah. be fine. Might as well and relax I'm, now. Like, yep. Yeah, so it was, I would say it was, a, it was a really beneficial thing for me to go through all of like the, the stress and uncomfortableness with it because it just made me super comfortable to be like, it made me com like comfortable, uncomfortable, I guess. And um, I just remember when I actually kind of got to like my, my final destination and got off the plane and like they're waiting for me. Like as soon as I started talking to them, it was literally like I had talked, like known these people like my whole life. It was like just as a really, really simple. As a little background for our listeners, as part of Canal Gratis, Ben has flown to Sweden twice now, right? Yep. And and you know, been able to fish with the the folks over there and just really kind of an experience that probably very, very, very few people here in the States have an opportunity to do, you know, we, anyone can, can fly to Saskatchewan or whatever, you know, Alaska. I mean, going to Sweden, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole nother ball of wax there. And so that's a, that's a really cool thing to, to point out that not only this is the first time you had flown alone. This is the first time you'd been out of the country. Like this is a major, major life life experience here i was just gonna say like the the whole time like i was on my way over there and the whole time i was over there like i was just trying to just take it in as much as possible and just be like thankful i was in that position because like i just kept thinking i'm like 
with like not wanting to travel anywhere, but if there was like one thing that one place I wanted to go was like to Sweden so I could pike fish. So like the whole time I was like, oh my god, like this is happening. Like this, mm-hmm. like I was just and still to this day thinking about it. It's it's like I have to like look at it. Like I did that. Like that's amazing. Like I'm so thankful for it. And mm-hmm. I just try not to to take it for granted or anything like that. Not only did you do that, but you did that early on in your life like that's a huge yeah. deal dude there right, you're, tw- you're 23 years right you're 23 now off. you still yeah. yeah you got your whole life ahead of you and you've you've had some of these life experiences that people would you know they wait their entire lives to 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 have and you know i think that's part of life is is just realizing that you have to enjoy the now that you know appreciate the you know the experiences when you have them because you don't know when when you'll be able to have those experiences again, even as a young right. person, if as a 45 year old guy, like, I wish I could tell my 23 year old self, dude, like enjoy every freaking moment of this because you're not coming back here. And every, every experience you have is something that it's going to build on for when you become a 45 year old man, you know? So, so yeah. God bless you for, you know, just being, hey. being young. And, and I, I'd like to live vicariously through people. Oh my God, Owen's forty-five. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sure oh there's God. a lot of weird stuff in Sweden. I, I want to get back to like your whole career and like your videos and stuff, but I want to talk about Sweden for a little bit because I'm sure there's a lot of weird stuff there compared to like the U.S. fishing scene. And I'm curious of some of the weird things that stood. Yeah, out what'd you, you eat? Never having left Minnesota, like <laughs> left the states, or like traveled. Like, what did you eat in in Sweden? Sweden's the the bomb. I gotta say that I watch a lot of content and stuff from Sweden. So do you? Oh, dude, I'm like a Viking. Like that whole like <laughs> Netherlands, like Sweden. That whole that whole thing. I love it. I want to hear. I want to hear about this too. Yeah, honestly, and this is coming from somebody who's a very like picky eater. But it was it was very very like everything was very similar to mm. to Minnesota in particular. Like really. When I got off the plane, it, it looked like I was in Minnesota, besides like the traffic signs having like, you know, like kilometers and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> it, it felt very similar to, to Minnesota. And that so was there back- was a Culver's right when you got off the plane is what you're saying? There, there was not a Culver's, but um, <laughs> the, the general like outside, I remember like I looked outside when I, when I landed, it was just like, it looked like Minnesota forest. It, it was like, oh. The only thing that was different was just how much like how much rock there was. But as far as like the the food goes, like that was all again coming from a very somebody like I'm a very picky eater, but like it was nothing too crazily different over there. I think the the most outlandish meal that I had was um for like their Swedish version of the Fourth of July, like their traditional like um food they eat is like crayfish and caviar, I think it was. Hmm. Okay. And that was like that, that was probably that. like the most outlandish thing, but I was like just like a lot of like meats and potatoes, like Swedish meatballs was we had that obviously, and then like steak, fries. Okay. I'm I'm thinking more like Owen's thinking the food right off the bat. I'm thinking like the fishing. Like like was there some was there anything weird about like getting fishing licenses or like the way that works or like the tackle shops or like yeah any, the whole anything like yeah, that. That's a great question because the whole European game fishing scene is totally different than Mm. than here so tell us a little bit about that yeah so i never went to like uh like a tackle shop over there now that i think about it um but i just like 
as far as like the equipment went, it was very different. Like just like every rod was two pieces, which was like really weird to me. And um, you know, if there's a reason for that, do they storage? I, I I would assume because a lot of people bike over there. Yeah. Yeah, everything in Europe, like things fold down and are more compartmentalized. It, it that's just how I always found it. Yeah. Like you can always yeah, find better, better travel, the better travel stuff in Europe. Everyone's left-handed. You mean like they use a left-handed reel? Yeah, especially on baycasters. And I'm yes, mostly a righty. So like that was Sweden a weird thing, but I, I can I can do <laughs> I can do both. So I made it work, but. Yeah, it was that was the one thing, um, and it was like just the way like oh th- this the one thing this is like such a small thing that like I don't know why but it really bugged me but like for the when I went pike fishing everybody uses really really long leaders like six hmm. forty inch leaders what and it just it what? bugs me so bad. Well, I guess they're not figure eight. And are they? I mean, are they? Is that common practice still, over there? Figure eight just, for your pike? Or no. Maybe that's why. No, or? no, they they actually were like, "Oh, you got a figure eight over here," and I I caught a pike in a figure eight, and they were baffled by it. I was like, "Yeah, it's like I'm doing this every cast." Did they offer? I mean, a reason for the law? Is it like a? Yeah. They're 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 worried the pike's gonna see their line or something. Like, is there a goofy reason? They, they don't want to get bit off. And I'm I, I'm thinking like I use six inch nine inch leaders, and I've never gotten bit off, but. <laughs> Pike's gonna eat that was the bait like, pretty that was deep. Like the, yeah, that was like that was like <laughs> their thing though. And like there was so many different like some people had like not to not tie their leaders, other people would like have normal leaders. It was there was just huh. so many different leaders and like things with leaders that was like I just wanted a musky leader the whole time. Like, <laughs> just a snap a nine a... inch leader. <laughs> Did you take any of your own gear or was it just basically I'm flying over here and I'm going to use what they give me. The first time I didn't bring anything with me just because they were like, you know, like, we'll, like, we'll have gear for you. You don't need to bring all of your stuff. The second there. time so you like, brought leaders. Yeah. The second time. Yeah. I brought, I brought my, uh, musky reels and leaders. Smart. No and baits. I had, um, I had five musky lures that I'd sent them over the summer. So when I got there, like they still had them and that's pretty much uh-huh. what I used the entire time. I'm curious about these baits. What, can can you are you allowed to talk about what bait? Yeah, what'd you send? send over? What'd you send over? Yeah, they did. Uh, they actually just released it, but they did a video where they were like trying five musculars for pike, and they filmed this over this summer. But I sent them. I tried to send them baits, and I was like, "Good luck." But I sent them. Uh, I sent them a Lake X Fat Bastard, a Apache Double Ten Musky Frenzy, a fourteen inch Custom X crankbait a flap nine Lee Lure slap tail and a husky size Medusa. Oh, and they caught fish on everyone, but the flap tail. Oh, okay. so I succeeded with the flap tail. <laughs> now, do they have stuff that big over there already? Like you're talking like a husky Medusa. Like, is that no, 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 they, they don't. And the other thing too, is they don't, they hate big hooks. Like hmm. some of the kids were like, Oh my God, why are you using such big hooks? And like, they're kind of like, giving me like shit for it but uh. i i showed up when i went over there this year and i used my muscles and like i was i was having some some at times better action than any, any of them so i felt good about my muscles they seem to have worked over there what's their thought on smaller hooks like did they give you kind of a reasoning like why 
why why they would object to the bigger hooks? Um, I think it was just more of a, just like the catch and release aspect of it, and mm-hmm. just not having big hooks to to get tangled in like the nets and stuff. That was the other thing too. Is like they're very like they were a lot of people were anti net because it will split the fishes. Like they're mm-hmm. very very protective. Like if you think musky people are protective over muskies, like it was like amped up way over there, like with with pike with perch. Like carp, you see that with carp, they spray like little antiseptics on the carp hook wounds and stuff. I've seen well, that kind of goes to the the, goes back to the original question, which was like the difference between game fishing in the states versus over there. Here, I mean, is there any catch and eat over there, or is it are they all catch and release, or what? Catch and release, but like it's not frowned upon to to eat fish. Um, they don't eat pike from what I get, like they used to, but it's not a thing anymore. It's mostly like perch, I think is what perch and salmon were the two that I heard that most people eat over there. What but about the, what that, about was, Xander? Like they, they got to eat Xander, right? I never really heard. Of what? It being super common at least. I mean, Xander is the good walleye, right? I think it would taste the same. Do they know how good walleye, you should have taken them a walleye, Ben. A fried walleye in your backpack <laughs> and show them and it open their eyes. This is it. I mean, it's interesting though because it. I mean, you're halfway around the world, dude. Like the culture is completely different, mm-hmm. and it's. I think sometimes we take that for granted. Like, I don't know. Like, you guys ever watch like the old school, like any movies, like where I don't know, like gunsling movies, where like the Americans are always just shooting like so much lead all the time. And you have like the Europeans that are just like one shot long distance, like accurate. It's a good way of summing it up. Like it, it literally, like you transition that into everything. Like we are literally like, we are just slinging lead. Like we have freaking nine aught hooks and giant baits. And we've got, I mean, everything to really just drill into these fish. And it's like, it just sounds like it's just the long shot, one shot mentality over there. Well, something I talked about before, I don't know if you saw this, Ben, but their nets, their nets seem like they're light years ahead of our nets. Like we're, we're swing. We're like, mm-hmm. we get, we get a good musky net and we're like, make it 20 pounds heavier. I want to wrestle with it. But European <laughs> like pike nets, they're catching pike. They're equally as big, if not bigger than some of our musky. And they have these nets that weigh like five pounds. It's yeah. The net that I, that I used in August was like insanely light. It was, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was baffling. I wanted to take it home with me, actually. <laughs> Cost a little so, bit to ship that guy home. Yeah, I got a question about a some bit. of some of these lakes too, because like I said, like I watch a lot of like goofy stuff on on the internet and just on like documentaries and things like that. And one of the one of the things that has always like intrigued me about that area, like the Netherlands and Sweden and all that stuff, is like the culture from you know, many, many, many years ago. And then you, you, you talk <laughs> about like, even the fair, you guys are, do you know about the Faroe islands? I do. Like, okay. Like how they talk about the Faroe F A F A R O E. Yes. Faroe islands. Right. Yes. Like we're, and this goes back to like the whaling industry, right. Where they're like, they like, they push all these like whales and things in and they, it's just like, the culture is so different, but it's so fascinating to me. Oh yeah, that's where but, they do that big whale kill, right? Like the right, they slaughter and, whatever whales. Yeah, Ben's got, going to do that next year for a video. <laughs> yeah, but my my point my point being like it's just things you see all this stuff, right? Like I watch these documentaries, and you have like 
a certain, I guess, perception of like a country like Sweden. But the fact of the matter is like, it's not the same as it was, you know, two, three, 400 years ago. Right. Like it's, it's completely different. <laughs> so, you know, like I'm trying to think, I always see these like big, beautiful, like just videos and just pictures of like the <laughs> landscape in Sweden. Like it's just so remote and just like beautiful, but I never really think about like, Hey, there's probably like some big cities and stuff there now too. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Like, I, it's just so different. And as you kind of progress, mm-hmm. like over time, like it's, they're probably really not that much different than us, but you know, we're like, I, at least I consider myself a dumb American at, at points. And I just, I feel like I have no idea what Europe is like in, in those types of areas, you know? So I, I don't really know what my point is aside from like <laughs> trying to just understand, like, is you it, you want to go kill some whales? Is it, is it really like when you're there, you know, are you like in like, are you in like, like downtown, like in a, a bigger city? Or are you like remote? Like, how yeah, was the, the hills and snowy like, hills how was the of landscape Sweden, of Sweden? Yeah. Like how were the lakes? Like the, even down to like the scenic aspects of it. Like what do their weeds look like? I don't know. Just like what it's, there's so <laughs> yeah. many different things. So the first time I went, I was, um, I stayed just outside of Stockholm. So I was, we went into Stockholm quite a bit and that was just like your stereotypical, like downtown area. It was very clean, but it was, it was crazy for me because like it was it was like somebody took northern Minnesota and then threw it into like St. Paul. That's like the best way I, I can describe it. But it was we were probably 40 minutes outside of Stockholm. And within that 40 minutes, you go from like urbanized city area to like forest. It was like That's night cool. and day difference. It was just like you, you get outside and you're outside of the city. And um, the lakes. um very reminiscent of like shield lakes up in Canada. A um, lot of like, they, they looked very similar. I'd say the biggest difference with like difference with like um, the looks of the lake was like murkier water most of the time. Um, but a lot of like tall grass um, for the shorelines and stuff. And it's, the weeds that I saw, it mainly just looked like normal. Actually, no, this is, here's a weird thing that was, that I remembered now. It seemed very there good weeds over seemed- there seem very reedy from what i from what i've watched in your your videos from up there it seems like tons of reeds almost every shoreline has it's either like reed shoreline or it's rock shoreline i don't know if i ever saw anything besides those two that was like the most common thing that i saw but the one thing that like still to this day baffles me was the weeds that were considered like good weeds over there was like what we would consider bad weeds to fish junk yeah the the bad weeds over there was like the best looking cabbage i'd ever seen in my life it was Ah. like ridiculous so i'm like oh we should fish this and it's like no like they don't like this stuff hmm i mean is that do you think that's like a difference just in the weather or like the the like the strain of pike or did they give you a reasoning for that i never got necessarily a reasoning um, but I think it was whenever we're in the, like the weeds that they consider good weeds, there was always, always, always bait. Oh, okay. So I, I think it just kind of goes back to like this, this weird European perch. Yeah. Yeah. Those and like, uh, we'd see like a lot of like, I think they're called roach, but they're, they kind of look mm-hmm. like a golden shiner, but they have like the orange fins. That was the mm-hmm. other thing that I saw quite a bit of, but, um, That's the, neat. the second time around when I went back, um, this 
uh, past August, um, I was on the the Åland Islands, which is like between Sweden and Finland, and that's all interconnected from the ocean. So like everything that I was fishing connected to the ocean. So it was brackish water. Yeah. And again, it was it was very similar to the stuff that I fished in Sweden. There just there wasn't any like there wasn't a lot of like uh, houses or cabins or anything like that. But the lakes look the same. If you were to like take a picture and like show somebody, like they probably if you showed somebody like in Minnesota, like they'd be like, oh, that's a Minnesota lake. It looks very very similar, but it's it was bizarre just knowing that like technically like we were fishing salt water. Like the musculars I sent them. I, I sent them in like almost all of them were in really good shape. And when I got over there a month later after I sent them, they were all rusted from the corrosion from the salt. Oh wow. Oh really? So like that's huh. yeah, that's that that could be a difference with the fishing tackles. Everything's like coated over there. Hmm. Can you buy big trebles that are coated like that? I think so, because like the the that new headbanger Colossus lure that they came out with has um I think they're called BKK hooks. But those are like the coated hooks too. So oh. yeah, you know I, what? I've seen, seen if you can get. I've seen a number of the European bait makers using what appear to be very specialized treble hooks, like almost orange, yeah. orange hooks with like a silver with like uh, they're like painted hooks sometimes and stuff. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but it looks like they're galvanized or some you know there's mm-hmm. something they're treated in some way that's probably for the brackish water that we don't have to deal with over here. <laughs> well, that brings me to one of my, my, uh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, which is one of my favorite Ben Stone canal gratis fishing videos. That's the, uh, the nice pikes. Is this uh, nice pikes, Ryan's. the nice pikes? That's my all time favorite YouTube video. <laughs> so I, I just told Ben this earlier, dude. And I'm not, I'm, I swear to God to you, Ben, like, I'm not, I'm not like harassing. Yeah, we're not, but we're like, not, we're not, I'm like, not, I'm not like BSing chain. you or anything like, dude, I swear to you. Like I am, so like i i've i've watched like all the viking series like all the vikings documentaries like i am seriously like i don't know why i'm just addicted to like that area like the netherlands uh-huh. Sweden, he, what ryan stuff. means to say is he likes swedish women that's i mean i paraphrase for ryan i there. like i like accents <laughs> yes but i'm just saying like that whole listen area, i i i got in trouble for watching that video and I didn't even go to Sweden. I watched the video with my girlfriend and it put her in a bad mood. She's like, Oh, so you just, so, so you just want to go to Sweden with Ben? Oh, okay, fine. Like I won't go fishing. Fine. Whatever. See, that's your dumb fault for watching that with Kayla. I'm just going to say that, but that, that might be my all time favorite YouTube video. And, and I gotta, I gotta give it to uh, your buddy. I think his name's Matt Vavrock. I don't think we've, I've never met him, but he put, po- he, um commented on that video like i think it, it was the first comment it was like talk about a rose between two thorns <laughs> <laughs> or a thorn between two roses yeah, <laughs> one of yeah. them one of those but yeah. uh yeah it was like it was like yeah that was a uh, that hit that hit home <laughs> well, i, I kind of want to talk more about the videos so i want to get back on the videos because i have a lot of video questions for ben well let's let's talk about that yeah. video yeah hold on let's oh, talk, that, about, that yeah, one. talk yeah. about that one okay okay so first of all you you had i mean was there like and we talked about like you talked about the pressure and stuff like that right like so you're over there filming this video like did had had you had any like communications with with uh the individuals you were fishing with or you know prior to that like or did you just like show up and have to film that video um no so they um 
their names are uh, Sarah and Hannah, but they handle like most of like the website stuff for Canal Gratis. But they yeah. occasionally will like jump on and be on videos in the yeah. Swedish channel. And last year they did video. They got a chance to do a video with um, everybody but me because I kind of had different things to do when I was there initially. So like this time around, it was like, oh, like you should go like make a video with them. And the only kind of day that I had to do that on was like that day where there was no wind. Not a good day to go fishing, but that's how I spent that day. So it was like it was just kind of just like let's go do this. Like it wasn't it wasn't like um yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't too like I didn't I wasn't uncomfortable during it, I guess. It was just kind of like business as usual and just trying to like get everything that I needed to focus on getting all the shots that I needed to because like that's like the most important thing on the fishing isn't good with making videos, is it's making sure you've got enough to still make something when there's not the content there to make a good fishing video. Well, that was See, kind of one you, of my it, questions. It could just or... be like us and, you know, just do it for two plus hours. And then you just include it all yeah. and say, Hey, you know, it's up to the listener to pick out the good parts and the bad parts. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hey, you're stuck with us for two plus hours. I thought, I thought the body of work on that one was good though. I, I, really, I, did. Absolutely. I, I really I did loved too. it. Just, I mean, and that's like skill all, right there. That's that's like you right. said. You don't. You might only have a fish, but he's still able to make such a entertaining video. Like just with everything else, you know, just being there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like, dude, that's what makes you know what you're doing like really special. Because I'll tell you, like from experience, like if I don't get a fish, man, I I struggle. Like I don't know what you know, or like you you know, if you're not having a banner day on the water, like you know, you almost have like this pressure. Like I can't really use this, you know, this footage, but yeah you made it work and it was like super entertaining yeah like the whole time the way that i try to look at it especially on days like that is i just try to like mentally think like okay like what is the most like like obviously like if you have a day where you're catching fish or you have a day that's spent trying to catch a muskie and you catch a muskie like that's the most important part of the day but like when you take that out like it's the thing that i try to do is like i try to pick out like okay what's the most important part of what i'm doing today while there's not anything going on and then it's like trying to pick out those things and be like okay like how can i how can i make this worth time to watch like like, that's what i try to do like on that day was just like okay well we just tried this spot so and we you know like it was just trying to just like get analytical with it but like not too over the top where it sounds almost cheesy it's almost just kind of like okay this is what i'm doing and this is why like this is like everybody's going to do this on a day where they're not catching fish so Mm -hmm. it's like we try to like normalize that i guess because i feel like there's a decent amount of people that they only want to show when they're out there having success or they only want to like they'll only upload a video like uncut alien's kind of like that like he probably films a lot but he very careful about what he chooses to release and it mm-hmm. makes it look like he's never out there having a bad day at fishing but there's probably days out there where he's struggling and like that was mm-hmm. kind of like what i want to do it's like okay well how can i try to like make a day where it was tough fishing worth worth it to watch i guess and that's how is that how you just like selectively pick your b-roll shots and stuff because that's one thing i've noticed with your videos like you know it's it, there's entertainment value in some of that b-roll stuff you know, like 
And it's so specific. Like the one, that was one of the things I had written down, actually, like an example from when you took your girlfriend to the muskie battle, like you're saying something like I took my girlfriend fishing and then here's a shot of your girlfriend on the front of the boat. Like, are you planning that ahead of time? Like you go out with a storyboard, like, okay, I need B-roll of my girlfriend. I need B-roll of the lore. Is this, are you winging it? Are you like on the go? It's, it's kind of a mixture. Um, like mm. at one point it was kind of like a checklist. Like I kind of need to do this, 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 and this. And now it's kind of gotten to the point where I can kind of go out there and um, it's just kind of like muscle memory, but in like, a, I guess like a creative kind of standpoint where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make sure I get footage on this. And mm. this fall, like it, it's been a tough offering musky fishing. Like I was out for over like a week straight where I was going out pulling suckers around and I just couldn't get anything substantial. Like it was just like, I'd get a fish falling or not. But every time that I had a fish fall, like I would make sure that I got any type of extra footage I'd want if I was talking about that again. So like a week or two later, I finally went out and like right away I caught. So just because I was out there previous days, and didn't have anything like I was able to still use that to kind of convey like I had been out here and this is what is happening and now like instead of maybe just having like a two-minute zone of where I'm talking about the past like now I have stuff to make that more like watchable instead of just listening to me talk about it so like that's kind of how it is now is I just try to make sure that if I have anything remotely substantial happen I just want to make sure that I get the most kind of bang for that specific thing and sometimes I'll use it and there's other times where far greater things will happen and i don't have a need for it that's cool i like that i didn't know if you like when you watch how structured the videos are like in my head you're going out there like like a film director like okay we need a shot of this this and that but then it it all still feels so organic like it just feels like a day on the water it's it's cool it's unique yeah i've definitely had days where i've I've kind of slipped up and i've I've forgotten to kind of do that stuff so there's a couple (laughs) of videos i've actually worked backwards so like oh. the first thing I do is catch the fish and now it's like, okay, well, how, how do I make that fish like the climax of the video? And then I'll kind of work backwards and work my, like work my way backwards, but forwards, I guess is like a way to put it. But, I like that. Yeah. Cause some days it doesn't always work out perfectly. Like ideally you'd go out there and you'd spend like a day and right at the end of the day, like you have exactly what you're trying to accomplish. But sometimes you go out there and it's like, this is what happens with the, uh, the 53 incher I caught on top water. Like I was out there for like five minutes and then I caught that fish and I was like, well, there's no way I can make a video. Cause I haven't even <laughs> been out here for a video this length of time. So it's like, well, how do I like, how do I take that, that little window and make mm-hmm. that like the climax of one video? So like, that's kind of an example of kind of going about it in that way is instead of just like saying like, Oh, well I caught this fish. It's like, no, I went out and I was trying to do this and this is how it happened. Like, that's neat. See, I think where I, so, I mean, I don't, I don't do, you know, I do a little bit of YouTube here and there, but. Ryan's you know, got 6,000 plus followers on YouTube subscribers. He he's, has moms coming up to him at the musky has, show. Yes. Shot he has little kids. And, when no, we, when it, we go it, to musky max, Ryan has little kids coming up asking for his autograph. I swear to God. Ryan doesn't give himself nearly enough credit for, for what he's done. And he's, he's, he doesn't put out videos very often, which is the the bigger problem right now, but don't sell yourself short, Ryan. Like well, a lot of people watch your videos, dude. Yeah. But I, but see the, the thing of it is for me is like, it's purely about having fun with it. So I don't really care about all that stuff. 
stuff, you know, like, well, you've it, taken your foot off of the gas in terms of YouTube, in my opinion, like yeah. you don't, you know, that's not your primary focus anymore. No, it's the musky hunks podcast. The hunks. Yeah. Come that's on. That's what happened. I mean, I dedicate <laughs> all my, my one hour a week to editing to the musky hunks podcast. now. <laughs> but my, my thing is like, and this is probably where I, you know, I fall short too. Cause like, when you think about doing a video and I am kind of more or less like asking you Ben about this as an opinion, like one of my roles has always been like, I don't film an intro for a video or do any of that B roll stuff until something good happens, right? Like until we catch a fish, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. keeping in mind, you know, that I'm not trying to do this for canal gratis, you know, <laughs> like I'm doing this for Ryan yeah. Reed just to, to have to look back on and, you know, people watch it and it's, it's a way to connect with people. You know, for me, it's like opened up the door to have all these like relationships with people that I guys that I fish with and, you know, friends and, and things like that. It, that. That's really the biggest thing that YouTube's done for me is like really give me that opportunity to kind of reach out and, and just, you know, find I don't want to say find random dudes on the internet, but like, find, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like find like, 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 like find dudes, guys, dude. you know, like it, it's just like. You know, I've gotten yeah. a lot. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of relationships built over the last couple of years just because of that. And, you know, like, like Owen's right. Like I've had, and that's why before we were talking about, you know, young guys watching your channel, like I've had that happen to me and I've, you know, I've just got like a, a bum channel with crappy editing and it's like, you know, like it happens. No, I, like, dude, I, I'll bet Tom remembers. Cause I know I remember when you came up like at Muskie Max right after that had happened, like, dude, you were like glowing mm. and it wasn't like a bad it wasn't a bad thing it wasn't like it was like kind of like wow man like what i've been doing for all this time has kind of yeah. helped people helped a couple people but, and so that that made you feel good and that, that was awesome to see yeah and that's and that's cool like that's that's the cool stuff like that's the cool side of social media but like my question for you is like whenever i'm going out there and i want to film or i want to like just you know, record video out on the water and, and try to document it. Like you're, it seems like you're really kind of focused on, you know, all of that stuff leading up to that moment and you're planning ahead. Like I'm not doing any of that. Like I turn the camera on, like something good happens. And then I start thinking about that and where I kind of get, I don't want to say screwed with it, but where I kind of lose track of it is like, sometimes I'm out there for like 10 hours and then something good happens. And then it's like, what do you do? You know, mm -hmm. you've got, you've got like a two and a half video yeah. of a muskie, like a minute video of, you know, a muskie. And it's like, well, I didn't do any B-roll. I didn't do any of this. I didn't do any of that. So, you know, what's your advice for, you know, guys and that, that want to do it, you know, that want to try to do it yeah. and put out a good product. Like what, what's your advice in, in that regard? I think one of the easiest solutions that is, is that's something that I actually have done a number of times with my videos. And I think one of the most, simple ways to solve that problem is like if, if i go out and there's some days where it's like i don't want to just initially set up my camera and do an intro and i'm like not sure if anything's gonna happen so then i'll go out there and i'll fish and then things happen i'm like oh well i don't have anything else that i worked with or anything like my favorite thing to do is is just do like an interview with myself and just explain like this is how i like started my day you know, and like I fished the whole day and, and, you know, I came to this spot and finally, like I had my first piece of action. Like I've done that 
a number of times with things and, and you don't always need like B-roll or anything from that same day. Like I can't tell you how many times I've reused B-roll from completely different days of fishing, but it still relates to what I'm talking about or trying to do. But I think the most effective way to solve that, like if you don't do an intro, you don't have enough footage to work with on a video is, is literally just doing like the, the interview with yourself and just explain, like, just literally like tell the camera, like exactly what happened in the day. And then you'll be able to just intersplice your snippets of action or whatever with that. And it'll work really good to tell your story like throughout the day. And like some of the, I, a few of the videos that, that have like the most interaction on the videos that I've worked on have been in that, in that way. Like I did one with Brian from England Anarchy when we were on um, St. Clair and we were fishing like in four footers the whole day. And like, couldn't do any talking because it was so windy. So I just ran my GoPro the whole day and then he caught a fish and like, we had to make a video out of it. So all I did was just sit at my desk and talk to the camera and be like, Oh, so I went out with Brian on this day and the wind was bad, but we fished this spot and Brian caught a fish and then it plays that footage. And then it's like, Oh, then when the wind got really bad and we had to try to get back to where we came from. And like, then I would like play footage of us trying to get back and like, like that feed or that video got really good feedback. So. Like that's a, like a, 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 per, a prime example of like not having what I needed, but still making it work. Well, that, no. that kind of brings me to a question that I had is what, what, what types of videos are your listeners interacting with the most? Like what are your, what's your most banger video, so to speak, that people have, have gravitated towards the most? It's mostly musky videos. And um, I think a lot of that just, kind of goes with um, i i think when people like think of me like i'm thought of as like a, a musky person and also like the musky market's a lot smaller so you can sort of make an impact more so on that audience so like my like top six videos seven videos i think are all musky fishing videos and then it's like a pike video through the ice and then like a bass video i think but usually it's the musky stuff and I definitely think that my strong suit has definitely become more like narrative story type driven videos instead of just like the bloggy type, like, Oh, I'm going to go fishing, blah, 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 blah. Like I think most of my interaction comes from trying to like tell a story, I guess. And that's not always the, the best thing for, I guess, um, like getting out there or, or going viral. And that's like, that's, that's the one tough thing with doing what I do for canal gratis is like, I don't always kind of get to have my way. Sometimes I have to do something that I'm not necessarily used to or comfortable with. And I have to try to branch out into a totally different audience. And it doesn't always work as well as it does for me to play it safe and go musky fishing. Now, is that because people at Canal Gratis are saying, Hey, Ben, we want you to focus on like, try a video that focuses on something non-musky related or whatever. Are they asking you to try to, cater towards european you know watchers because we have some you know looking at our demographics we have a number of um of norwegian you know scandinavian listeners uh you know we mainly united states and canada but i'd say scandinavia is probably our our third largest region so what is it about that 
Yeah, so uh, the biggest reason, and rightfully so, is they just want to grow their channel as fast as possible because in the end, that's going to make them more money. Because for them, again, this isn't a business. This isn't, they're not paying me to just do this for fun. Like they're paying me to try to grow their channel. So they, especially this year, they put more of an emphasis of trying to make videos that are going to like go viral, so to speak. So um, they try to take a, we've tried to take a lot of influence from like Mr. Beast um because he's amazing at doing that and trying to like incorporate that into to fishing but it isn't as easy as doing something like that i mean the one of the first videos that i tried to do in that regard was go bass fishing without a rod which it was something that was like <laughs> i i was like i don't know how i'm like i don't feel good about this like i don't think like i didn't really necessarily think i had it in me to make that into a good video but you know like i i spent the day trying to do that and it was fun to an extent but it was also kind of like well i it was like i wish i could go musky fishing but i gotta do this other thing <laughs> and then when it doesn't necessarily plan out the way it's expected to just blow up and it, it also kind of sucks because it's like well if it's not going to do good then why don't i just go musky fishing so that was definitely something like i've struggled with that kind of this year is compared to last year i haven't had kind of the freedom to spend more time on the things that i like to do more which Again, it is a job and I'm working for somebody else. So I don't always have the freedom to do what I want to do. And I, I've got to try to get out of my comfort zone. And that's actually been like a good thing for me, I think, because I think it allows me, I mean, just like anything when you branch out, it allows you to, to get better skills and get more comfortable with, with doing different things. So like when something like that comes up again, it's like, oh, like I can do that and try to make it work the best I can. At a point, like you got to remember, like <clears throat> you're working for Canal Gratis. Like things, I guess, could be a little worse. Yeah. Like you have, it's like, do I go fishing or yeah. do I go fishing? Like it's, you're still going to yeah, go fishing. Exactly, it's still exactly. awesome. Like know that oh. all, th all three of us would still be very jealous, even if you are like perch fishing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No question about it. I mean, the fact that you get to go out and do that. But again, I, I think that what shouldn't be lost on our listeners is that this is not like fun and games. Mm -hmm. You have to put out a product. You have to put out something that actually advances your, your employers, you know, brand. And so it's not just all fun and games. It's not just like me making a video in my basement that has no pressure whatsoever or mm -hmm. Tom making a video in his basement. No, yeah, pressure I got, whatsoever. I got 30 views on my Pike video and I'm happy. Which, I think ben, way, ben would get fired way, if he got by the 30. Way, let me just say, let me shout out to our listeners. Go and listen, go and watch Pennsylvania Monsters' uh, newest YouTube video because it is actually. Look out, a good Ben! One. I'm coming for the job. You better get. It is you better good, keep it is those a good views one up because he doesn't fish for trout, for God's sake. Hey, uh, I just uh, I, I had to drop off for a second. I just got a call from Mr. Mark Kang. Oh boy. And he asked me what I was doing. I said, well, I'm on a podcast right now. And he said, who you got? I said, Ben Stone. He goes, I watch all his YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> you should have told Mark, Mark to hop King, on. Mark King is the honorary, is an honorary hunk. You know, he's, he's, he's part of the, the, the hunks verse. So I was like, yeah, I said that he does the canal. He's like, I know who Ben Stone is. <laughs> That's awesome. Mark has a Mark. Yeah. I, what, what did Mark call you about? Because because uh, he's got a lot. He's been texting me a bunch lately because he's got a he got some things in store for us. Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, I don't really know. He said he had something for me. So often. Oh, I know what it is. I, think. I got to. I I he sent me a picture of what it is and we'll, yep. we'll talk what? about it here. Are you uh, serious? Yep. 
Yeah. What the heck, dude? Everybody oh, yeah, I'm going to send it to Ben after this, too, just so everybody <laughs> knows <laughs> but you. Well, guess what? I'm going to be up all night thinking, wondering what Mark King has. <laughs> What's <for> Mark King? <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Tom. A cease and desist letter. <laughs> well, I had some questions for Ben that we were talking about the editing. I want to ask some editing questions. And we kind of segued into it nice with our wannabe YouTube status. So in editing my wannabe YouTube videos, I found that I do a lot of annoying things like when I fish. And I'm wondering, Ben, you've watched a lot of video of yourself. I'm sure you found a couple things that you've done that made you cringe. Oh, yeah. Could, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of ums and pauses that, that I have to crop out. I think the, the one thing that I do myself that annoys me is I talk really fast. So when I want to like simplify a sentence, I can't always make a clean crop because I'm like combining two words. In the <laughs> so then that's yep. like, it's like this weird thing where like, I notice it. I don't know if other people notice it, but I'll be talking. And it's like, and I'll, and I'll just like cut to another word mm-hmm. and I have to do it because it's like, I, that's what I have to do. And I can't go back and refill that. But every time it's just like, Ugh, why didn't I pause? Makes like, you cringe. My yeah. thing, and it was my girlfriend making fun of me. I, every time I get a hit or hook a fish, I say, there we go. So that's her show. Go, oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. I didn't know if you had like, <laughs> like, like a yeah. stupid, a stupid thing you say when you see a muskie or from watching like, it thousands like, of times. I feel like Tom says that a little bit more than just when he hooks a fish. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Maybe that's why Kayla's annoyed with you. <laughs> There was a, there was another one I had um, when I was filming with Matt Babrock and Brian from Angling Anarchy in Iowa was that I couldn't, I, it seemed like every single time I would pause in the sentence, I would like put my hand up on my glasses and push them up on my face. <laughs> and like, I did it so much to the point of like, we were watching our footage back and like, like we couldn't, like, we're just laughing our asses off because like, it was like every time I was just like a drinking game. Well, that was speaking of drinking yeah. and glasses. When I was uh, like in in high school and college, my one of my buddies used to always bust my balls because when I would get really drunk, like my glasses would slide farther down in my face, <laughs> and, and like and I would always have to push them back up. And so whenever I'd be really drunk, and he'd be, he'd always look at me and like push like like this, pushing my glasses back up. So, anyways. Well, something I've noticed in Ben's videos from watching them is that he has probably the best power stance in the game. When he sees a musky follow in, he, he snaps into the stance. This, I'm, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there, Tom. Oh, I know where you're going Uh-oh. with that. I know where I'm you're gonna going. disagree with you, Tom, because I know of another gentleman that has one of the more I know which one you're sturdy, talking about. Sturdy stances Uh-oh. that I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, God, are you gonna okay. mention names? No, we'll keep we'll keep it we'll keep it. Mm. Can keep you it at least DL. can you at least provide to me a location to which this individual lives? Oh, dude, you know out. where you know who I'm talking about. I have no idea who That's you're talking about. Right now. All right, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. All right, but yeah, I think Ben Ben he has this when he sees a muskie, he goes like crouching tiger, hidden Ben stone. Like, oh he, God, he I know low, who you're like, talking about now. No, I'm. You know who I'm talking about now. <laughs> God, all right, it just hit me. I'm sorry, dude. It just. <laughs> I don't know when I started doing that, but like, it's, especially with top water, it's like a habit. It's like I go down on my knees, and like Get I always low. just kind of told myself, like, I'm less visible to the fish, especially makes the sense. high up. So that's what I always do. It seems to work out for me pretty good. 
Well, I think maybe the hair sticking up out of the visor was scaring them. So that required that you had to <laughs> get a little bit lower on them. Well, another one I had here, this, this is, I guess this isn't, isn't really related to editing, but with you like progressing so much, like you're learning so much about fishing and you're still so young, is there any potential uh, Benstone guide service in the future, do you think? Yeah. Um, yeah. that's actually been on my mind a little bit more. Um, I, I, it's interesting because, um, when you, like, I grew up wanting to do this one thing, which was like fish and show type of deal. And as mm-hmm. I've gotten older, like I've definitely like learned that, like, I'm just into doing like a bunch of different things. So like, for me, it's not like I'm stuck on one thing. Like I kind of want to try to just do as much as I can in different areas. It was like the same thing with like video editing it's like i wanted to try to edit my videos in completely different ways just to see if i can so i think in that aspect like yeah it's like something i definitely want to do like i think if i had the opportunity um to potentially you know do like a guide trip like i did with jason hammer i can have like a lasting impact on somebody where mm-hmm. they can keep doing that sort of thing like that that sounds amazing to me so like that's definitely something i'm i'm into and like i've had people ask but it's it's not always the easiest thing to do and i've like i gotta go try to make videos yeah. Well, no, but you have a guy like Doug Wegner who kind of, I don't know, straddles the line between being a guide and being a, a, a YouTube content producer. And I think you can kind of piggyback the two in a sense. If you if you have guide clients that are willing to allow you to film and create content based on your guide trips, man, that could be awesome. But that's asking people a yeah. lot. You know, that's I, yeah. I don't think that's something you necessarily want to ask of of people on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. And that's the other thing, too, is it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like it might take me a little bit to kind of talk myself into actually taking that step forward, because sometimes it's like, oh, like, should I like, can I like, like, you know, so there's always kind of like the unknown aspect to it. But it's always that's definitely been one of those things where like when I was trying to think about what I can do going forward in life, like guiding was always one of those things. So I haven't had the opportunity to actually take that step, but I, I, I've had people offer me kind of like um, fill in days and stuff like that. So I'm sure eventually one of these days I'll, I'll get around to it to see how much I enjoy it. But you have some time to figure it out in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, to be young again. <laughs> I kind of want to ask you a question about this because this is something that I think I've noticed. This is a general question for the group. So, Ben, you talked about like when you get low in your essentially your <laughs> mechanics whenever you're 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 getting low, like when you're figure eighting and things like that. I listened to so we we talked about this the Josh uh, Barofsky episode on backlash and and the whole pink moon thing and everything. One of the things that that Josh brought up was like clothing, like clothing options when you're actually out there musky fishing, right? Like this is something that I don't know that guys really pay that much attention to. I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but I I will tell you guys this, like I've noticed like some of the skinny water stuff I do in the winter, like we've talked about like that bass style skinny water, like basically like, I don't know if you want to call that close contact, but I've noticed when I wear like more like browns and greens and things like that, like colors that aren't like super bright, I've noticed that at least for, for in my fishing, like I've noticed that I've, I don't know why I feel like I'm, I'm seeing more fish or 
maybe I'm getting fish to kind of hang more with me and like that figure eight type or that, that like at your feet style, like twitching, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the fish longer. So my question for the group is, this is something that's been on my mind as I'm kind of getting towards Creek season here for me. Do you guys feel like, wait, 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 Creek season or Crick season? I call it Crick. <laughs> it's Crick. Season. Crick it's, it's Crick, Crick season. Crick's Crick season. Season. season yeah i uh is that something that you know like i see all this stuff dude like i see people wearing all these like crazy cut like owen's like a huge fan of colors when it comes to hoodies and stuff right like i'm wearing like one of owen's hoodies right now and it's like bright yellow bright yellow you know like <laughs> is that something like we should be paying more attention to like maybe not so much like when you're on the boat maybe i don't know but like we talk about that skinny water stuff. Does do you guys think that that helps at all? Like to wear like neutral, like, you know, like, I, I mean, there's a lot of hardwood and stuff that where I fish, like the Browns, the greens, like the stuff like that. Does it, does that have any weight? Does that hold any weight when you're out there musky fishing? Ben, not everybody speak at once on, this I trust one. Ben on this. I, one. uh, honestly, I've never really paid attention to, to the clothing I wear when I'm a musky fish. Yeah. I, I haven't. I've got a lot of like the the sun shirts with hoods and stuff that are like I've got a couple that are like the white and gray like camo and stuff, but I've also got ones that are like bright blue and orange. Mm -hmm. But I don't know I if I've ever noticed any sort of like correlation with. Uh, I think I've got pictures with fish in each one of those things, so yeah. I don't know if it's See, had any impact on me personally. I See, think like, it's gosh. always been more like the movement and like like what, how Ben gets low, like he said, the angle that the fish is kind of looking up. I feel like it's more of your movement and like no sudden movements, no like quick up mm -hmm. and down and stomping around, yeah, and like left right, like just try to. Josh said something get a real sturdy base, sturdy base, power, sturdy core, real sturdy core. See, but Josh said something interesting in that podcast. He talked about like this blue like the like the baby blue type shirt like to match like bluebird sky like he <laughs> talked about this baby blue shirt and he had like a lot like a tons and tons of pictures with fish wearing like the same color shirt throughout the throughout the years and i just thought it was kind of interesting to think about that because i mean if you guys i mean you guys know like you're out there deer hunting like it's completely different but you're you're essentially matching your camo to where you're where you're hunting right like but deer, deer have different, right? Color different. sensitivities. So I'm just I mean, wondering, like, if anybody, if anybody out there listening to this feels like, you know, wearing specific colors or like paying attention to that stuff really matters. Because I, I, I don't know, like, in my limited amount of fishing, like, I feel like every anytime I wear like browns and greens. Dude, I don't know why. I feel like I see more fish in that skinny water. Well, you're well, you are in luck, Ryan, because this year's uh 2023 hoodie, uh Big O's hoodie is going <laughs> they're gonna be in all neutral colors. It's uh -huh. gonna be in black, it's gonna be in like an army green, it's gonna be in brown, <laughs> and it's gonna be in tan. So for all you listeners out there that are hesitant about not in your ghillie a suits, bank fishing. I guess a big O's hoodie because it might be too bright. <laughs> 
they're definitely going to be more of a neutral neutral color tone this year. You, t- you toned them down a little bit. That's probably <laughs> the dumbest thing I've brought up on this podcast, but I will say. I, I used to think about it a lot, but then I look at it too, like especially you set out on the boat. I mean, this fish is coming up to a freaking 4,000-pound boat. I don't think it's worried about your green T-shirt. Like I think if it was going to spook, mm-hmm. it would have spooked at the boat. But bank fishing, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. That's one of those crazy things I think about at like one in the morning when I can't sleep. And like, I don't know, I guess. Well, I guess maybe I should ask this. Ben, do you think about muskies at like two in the morning when you can't sleep? <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. 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 I think about video ideas a lot. Now I'm thinking if there's a way that I can uh, test uh, test our, our theories on mm. wearing colors and fish. Yes. Oh. Video. See, I would like it would be I'll- an interesting video. I would love to see this. I, I just want to see Ben. In a, I want to see Ben in a ghillie suit, bank fishing, like one of those sniper <laughs> costumes with the moss on it. And the... Well, Ben should have a big. Uh, ben should have a bright yellow big O's hoodie out there someplace. So I think I, I sent him too. one earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, so he, he he can test that one as the as the bright the bright variable. Perfect. You might get lucky though in the summer though. You know, you get the sunshine and maybe you're just gonna blend right in. I don't know, but yeah. opening it's a whole crazy. can of worms here. Seasonal like clothing it's, for musky. It's so ridiculous how how we think though at times like just to get an edge on these fish. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I'll take any edge I can get to catch a musky. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Getting back to the whole video thing, I had one other kind of I guess it's kind of <laughs> video related. Kind of not, kind of life related, but being like so popular on YouTube, Ben, and all these viewers and like hundreds of thousands of people, I'm sure you've seen your share of good and bad. Like I'm sure people have said some mean things and some nice things. And I'm wondering how you deal with like the negative side of the internet. Like, do you just not read any of it or do you just, it is what it is? Like, how do you? It's a very good question. Yeah. Because that can be rough on people. I mean, even one mean comment can like ruin someone. So how do you deal with? Yeah. Yeah. I think. For me, at least in my experience, like I feel like I've been pretty lucky to where I haven't had, um, I haven't seen a lot of like negative comments toward me, I guess. But I do get them, and and most like it's at first when you read them, it's really hard to not let it get to you, or like it. Like I always want to like reply. It's like, oh well, you, I know better than you. Like, but I think it's just kind of like. Picture like like I, I the only way I could ever picture myself leaving a comment like mean towards someone as if like i'm jealous or just am i not unhappy so for me i just try to train myself to where it's like when i see a bad comment it's like a good thing it's like oh like it's a good thing and then when i see Mm -hmm. good comments it's like those are the best like when you see like one good comment will shine 20 bad comments Mm -hmm. so it's like really just trying to train yourself to just look at them like constructively and like not let it get to you like just keep doing what you want to do and if people don't like it then people don't like it yeah. but like i said it's it's i i did have one that i got under my skin quite a bit just because like i just couldn't understand why the comment was left but i did a video this spring where it was like don't make these five mistakes musky fishing mm-hmm. and i was talking about not taking sharp turns into figure eight mm-hmm. and the b-roll i was laying over while i was talking about that was me doing obnoxiously sharp turns and somebody commented saying that I had the worst figure eight in the world. And I was <laughs> just baffled by it. 
That's not even like <laughs> negative. That's just like stupid. That's just like well, stupidity. That's, yeah. that's, that's people. That's what people do, though. They don't yeah. pay attention yeah. to the detail of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see that everywhere. And yeah, you know, it's it's kind of funny because this stuff, like, dude, I'll be honest with you. Like my first couple of years when I was putting out videos, like I let that stuff bother me. Like people would, <laughs> would comment and I would get all fired up. And my wife knows it, too, because I would I would sit around and I'd be like, this guy like and it's not even it's not even that I feel like I know things because I don't like my the whole premise is like I'm trying to learn and like share what I think I'm learning that's the whole premise of my channel yeah. but when you get those like you get those negative comments it like Tom said like it could ruin your day like mm-hmm. people let it go even mm-hmm. further than that it can like demotivate you from doing what right. you do you know and that's one of the things right. we've talked we've talked about on this podcast a lot because you know it, it's part of it is like really we want to try to stay positive and we want to highlight the good things and we want to focus on the good things and we want to be you know we want to stay away from all that negativity and and almost sort of kind of work towards like changing the culture you know like changing that culture of like the chest thumping and like i have to be better than you i have to be a better fisherman than you and like all that negative stuff man i mean it, it just it never it, it never ends up being a good thing for anybody. It doesn't help. It doesn't help anything. No, ever. Yeah. No, no matter what scenario you're in with it, whether it's social media or, you know, even ex- if you take it to like exchanges, like Owen, like exchanges at work, right? Like, dude, like it, it's never, it never ends in a good thing. Like, you, no, there's way better approaches. And, and, and I think part of that, like you were like, Ben, you were talking about, you know, kind of the, the way you're handling that. You know, to me, that's like, that's gold. You know, you got to take the high road. Right. I mean, you, right. I feel like if you get into the gutter with people and you start fighting in the comments, like you're, you've lost. I don't care right. what good point you you could make. You've lost yep. right off the bat because you've entertained the bullshit mm-hmm. that comes from literally somebody sitting under in their computer having a bad day wanting to take it out on somebody who apparently is living a slightly better life than they have going on in their own mind. And it's like that. And it kind of goes back to the whole, I think I said it on one of the prior podcasts, like you never take criticism from somebody that you wouldn't take advice from. Mm -hmm. And these people on, on YouTube, like, like, yes, it's nice to hear that they like your video, but you know, th- that goes the same as someone saying they don't like your video. It it, it really, it, it's, it, it doesn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't move the barometer. Now, if you start getting, you know, 50% hate comments, <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit different. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's like, obviously that's not the case. Like you, 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 you're always going to have hatred out there. You're always going to have people that want to, take people down no matter what. And like Ryan said, that's exactly what we don't want. Like, I I don't even care if you may, you know, if there are some, you know, if there are some, some things about videos that, that people don't like, like that's, that's only a small portion of who someone is as a human being, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like we take this stuff so, so seriously like people, I shouldn't say we people take this stuff so seriously that, you know, they can come at people that have a YouTube channel that's just supposed to be fun. That's just supposed to be enjoyable and make it 
not fun and not enjoyable by bringing all this baggage and hatred and whatever else to to the page. So I don't know. Just the hunks are not. That is not not good for the hunks. No, I will say this too, though. It is to me. This is me speaking as an old man now because I feel very old when I'm talking to someone like. Yeah, but my my thing is like it is very impressive to see like Ben, the maturity level of you, you know, at 23 years old, yep. being able to handle what you're doing and, and being able to conduct yourself in not only a professional manner, but in a way that really like, dude, it, it's, it's, you set a good example for people, you know, back to this like young kid thing. And these guys, these young kids, like what, like, that is the scenario. Like we, that's what we want to see. We want to see right. guys like you mm-hmm. taking the lead. That's why we want to promote guys like you, right? Right. And, and like, the, and to say to people like, this is what we want to see as the future of musky fishing right. is guys like you, guys like the Baddock brothers, guys like Chase Gibson. You know, young people that take it seriously, that care about the fisheries that they fish, that care about the ecological aspects of things that aren't just out there trying to thump their chest and catch the biggest fish and break a record or whatever, you know, it doesn't, you know, whatever we want to promote young guys that are going to be the future of this sport, because let's face it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm seeing it in my business right now where like, I'm seeing kind of like this, this very strange generational change in my work uh, in, in the courthouse that I work in and, just kind of like a almost like a like a lake turns over <laughs> <laughs> the courthouse turned over <laughs> it's, it's it's super true that i can't even like put it in any other way it's like and it happened in a period of of like two years and it's like and so i think the musky industry is not there right now but it's not super far away from that type of a of a of a change because you look at the guys on top that are like the top guys, the Greg Thomases, the the Tony Grants, you know, the like the the pillars of the industry. These are guys that have been in the industry for like 30 plus years. And to expect them to continue to carry the torch is not fair, I guess. We need young guys like Ben and, and just young people in general to pick up the torch and say, listen, we're going to run with this in a positive way and keep the positivity moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love all this stuff, man. I, I feel like, I don't know. We talk about it a lot here, but I don't always hear yeah. this on other podcasts and stuff too, but. Well, I mean, that's because the industry necessary isn't necessarily, you know, they don't have a, a, the industry doesn't have a, I guess, an incentive to nicen things up. I mean, let's the musky industry. I guess, in and of itself, I kind of look at it as it's very aggressive. You know, it's it's everything yes. is is because the fish the fish is very aggressive. You know, the it's dudes. A very the dudes are very aggressive. The whole thing is aggressive. Whereas when we're out there fishing, guys, let's face it. 98% of the time is very not aggressive. I don't know, dude. Have you seen Tom set a hook on a steelhead? <laughs> that is the most aggressive thing I've ever seen in my life. 
what Especially after he eats a burrito from Sheets in the morning. Am I am I making any sense in saying yes. that? Like mm-hmm. that yes. you yeah. musky fishing, we spend a lot of time out on the water, just us guys, just shooting the shit, just flogging the water, literally trying to catch this fish where it is not like this aggressive thing. So I don't know why we need to make it this super aggro thing. Like you can be just a cool down to earth, whatever. Everyone said aggro. I just yeah. went immediately went to Nickelodeon. <laughs> Do you guys remember the show guts? The oh, yeah. aggro, the aggro crag. No, That's a little before Ben. I think. Oh. Come it's on, a little man. after me. I think <laughs> I think we kind of we've we, we've split the goalposts there. Uh-huh. Ben, you don't remember Nickelodeon Agrocrag from from Guts? Is it Ben was watching oh, Keys man. Outdoors, not. not Nickelodeon. All right. Well, I was watching That's Nickelodeon. True. You know, See, you know I, who? I remember it from my 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 very strange stint listening to German hip hop back in like back like ten years ago, where there was yeah there. Was, <laughs> This is I'm not kidding at all. Like I went I went through this real strange like European hip hop thing like 10, 12 years ago, where uh yeah, Agro Berlin was kind of like this huge anyways, whatever. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Tom, you have any more questions about video? Because I got a I got a bunch more questions for Ben that's not video related. Go for like, it. I want to go through all of the, the goofy stuff that we ask people. But we're taking okay. a lot of Ben's time, so maybe we... Can I, can I just run and use the bathroom really quick? Yes. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. Yeah, okay. go for okay. it. A few moments later. There we go. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. Ben ghosted us. He was like, I'm done with this like, I'm, I don't care about German hip-hop. German hip-hop? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Okay, so I have a couple of I'm gonna say weird questions because I've been known to we've been known to get a little weird on this one. A little weird. bit. Okay, but before we do that, I wanna I'm just curious. Okay, this is just from a musky fishing perspective. So you're up in Minnesota. You know, like in PA, we don't have a lot of like local musky shops, right? Like we've got like WB in West Virginia, but then it always comes back to like Team Rhino. Like we're always ordering off a of team rhino and we've got our all, we, we all have our own separate bait selections and things like that. So my question for you with regards to like baits, number one, do you have like an all time favorite musky lure? And then number two, and I don't want, I don't want this to be like, you know, like who are you supporting as far as like buying stuff, but like what, what's your go-to for like buying or finding musky lures? Uh, well, my all time favorite, Musculure is probably a cannonball junior at this point just because like i've i've got my two biggest muskies on one but it's like i don't know why but like it just seems like the fish especially in my area will like only eat that thing i don't know why <laughs> like it, it's it's i've tried like so like i love top water and i tried like many different kinds of top waters but it's like the cannonball junior is the one that is just like every time i put it on it's like bam fish so that's, that's probably funny. my all-time favorite um i bought i bought that one because because ben was catching muskies on on uh on a cannonball junior that was exactly like that i was like you know what i gotta i need a because i have a white one and i've always liked it and i needed a darker one so i I was like all right you know what i'm gonna get that one what can i ask what that color is are we not allowed to talk about that um no i don't know um i'd probably have to look it up to see exactly what it's called i know what it's called it's it's uh Team Rhino Outdoors, it's called Storm. 
Mm-hmm. That's 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 like my all time. I like that thing. I, I don't have it in my room, but it's like there's no paint left on it, and like <laughs> there's like half an inch that's like hook rashed out of it. Storm. But that's that's storm. my one. They yeah, should call it my, the stone. What are you fishing? The storm. So okay. besides the cannonball. So the cannonball junior, right? That's your favorite muscular. So where do you where where's Ben Stone shopping for musculars? I'm just curious. Honestly, I, I don't really have like a like a go to place. Like it just kind of depends on where I can get stuff. Like the last time I bought lures was at Reed's, which is just like a it's like a regular sporting goods place. It's like oh. hunting stuff, fishing stuff, but they usually get musky stuff in there too. But they had uh like a buy free and get one free musky lure so i bought what? three cannonball i bought two i think it was buy two get one free but i bought two cannonball juniors and a cannonball to just to add to my collection even though i only throw the one but i have to have extras because i'm a musky angler no of course but um other than that uh, i've gotten a bunch of stuff from team rhino outdoors like i remember the the first musky video i made i made with like four lures that i bought off team rhino and then they put it uh jeff put it on his website um for like a week and it was like the greatest thing ever your video yeah that's cool that's awesome i was just curious because we're we're kind of like caught in a between a rock and a hard place over here Mm -hmm. like we're we're always like ordering like random places like we've got a couple of bait shops like a bait shop in ohio that carries some stuff and we don't have the reeds kind of places you can go to dick's sporting goods i will say this bulldog that's i was freaking absolutely amazed i was up in wisconsin and this isn't minnesota but i'm sure it's the same in minnesota like i was up in wisconsin Mm. for work and we were i was i'll just say like i was around oshkosh okay i'm like i had like a night free and i'm like i'm gonna go look for some musculars and i walked into like a farmer's fleet and they literally had like five aisles dedicated to musky fishing just like a random like farmer's fleet in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and I was like completely blown away. I ended up spending like two hundred bucks, and it was just like it's crazy. So is it is it the same in Minnesota? Like I, I assume that you guys can go to like places like that and just mm-hmm. find musky tackle. Yeah, like um, Cabela's is a big one. That there's a couple of Cabela's near me that that'll have like an aisle or two of musky stuff. And it's mainly just like the really popular stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they'll have Medusa's Poseidon's bulldogs. Yeah, that's what have. we have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what we have. Like nothing special. Yeah. But um, like, I guess the two, the, I would say like the, the three places near me that, that kind of have um, kind of like the good stuff. It would be like, um, there's like a Joe sporting goods that they have like some more outlandish kind of like, Low key stuff. Then there's Thorn Brothers, which is like 20 mm. minutes away from me. Oh and whole, my god! Yeah. So, dude, how much time do you? Can you go over there and just like walk around? Like, I'm assuming that's like, do you do that? Do you spend time? I, I, I try to keep my distance. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. But, but everyone, but I, I can remember. There's been two times where I've gone to Thorn Brothers, and I've like I'll find like one lure where I'm like, oh, like I need this. In fact, um, there's there. I have two stories. The the first time was um, there was a musky frenzy stagger nine ten, and a golden orange. It was, one blade was orange, and the other was gold. And like those are the two my, my two favorite colors on like the lake I fish. And I saw it. I'm like, I need that. And then the next day that I went out, I caught my first fifty inch musky. And cool. then um, there was another one. Um, 
I really wanted a Bondi Royal Orba. So I went there, they had one, I got it. And my family lives on a lake that has muskies that get in from the other lake that I fish. There's not a lot, but I went down to our dock. I cast it off the dock and I caught a muskie off my dock. So that was, oh. that was fun. And then uh, the next day I went out on my, the, the lake I actually fish and the, the first cast I took on a new spot, I caught a big one. So that was like, it seems like the one, the few times that I do branch over and go to Thorn Brothers and I find a lure that I'm like, just need to have, it usually works out pretty good. good luck, that dude. is, that is like our O'Donnell's. Well, do you fish anything? Do you like fish anything specialty? Like that you insist on having a certain type of crankbait or a certain type of bucktail or are you still kind of experimenting with everything? I try to throw everything. I'd say the one thing though is, is like the Cannonball Junior. It's like I have so many different kinds of prop style topwaters, and I like I want to throw them, but it's like it, it's just like the Cannonball Junior is the only one that like works. I don't know if it's like a confidence thing, and it's like I just keep throwing it because I know it catches fish. Uh, but other than that, it seems like I can kind of just like. I don't really get hung up on specifics. I used to be like, I ha- like I used to get really in my head with with musky fishing, where it's like, oh, like they have to like if they're only like they're like I'd be throwing like a double nine and be convinced that like they just will not eat a double nine, and that's like I have to throw a double eight. So I I used to be like that, and then I really tried two years ago. I really tried to like get myself out of that because I feel like it was costing me a lot of fish, or it's just like just try different things and like i feel pretty good like i i have a wide range of stuff that i throw that i feel confident in all the time so i've definitely branched out but i used to be really narrow-minded with stuff i think it's cool that you work for such a big company or like a big brand like canal gratis and you're still allowed to do that like you see these smaller youtube channels and even like smaller guides and stuff and they're so married to one brand and they have to be loyal to this brand because they're like sponsored by mercury or evan root or mm-hmm. something or and like but you work for this monstrous brand and you're still allowed to use anything you want i think that's like a really cool thing a good opportunity yeah it's, it's i like that too because it's like I I don't ever really want to like be in the shoes where I have to like preach something that I don't necessarily think is good. Mm-hmm. And like they, we like my company came out with our bigger swim baits with the harnesses and stuff. And like, I just came to a point where I was like, I didn't really like the external harness thing. So I mm-hmm. didn't really, I, I just kind of didn't really throw them anymore because like I would rather just throw up the siding and that wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal to them at all. So that was really nice because it's like, I don't want to like throw this thing where, like obviously, like I don't. I yeah, you're not forced to be a salesman. You, you can just fish. Yeah. You can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's like. Now, that's do you mean like those really big cool. paddle tail baits, like where they have the external heart? Like what is it, the the Svart Zonker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's like there's like the, like is all what it the is? European. That's what it's called, right? That's one of them. Um, yeah. Ours is like I think our like technical name for them is the EJ Lures Fat and Flat Nose Shad. It's like our version, but they're all like they're all like the same. It's like bucktails. Like everybody's got their own spin on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the one. Oh, big see, thing I didn't even real, honestly. I didn't realize that Canal Gratis had like actual you know baits for mm-hmm. sale. I didn't even realize that was part of the, a component. Yeah, it's it's not it's not name brand Canal Gratis, but it's like under our tree. Like we have a like a brand called M More. Um, that makes like some swim baits and stuff and then there's ej lures which is one of like the main sweden guys on their channel um 
comes up with this lure designs and stuff, but like they made bigger ones that I, I tried out, but just the whole stinger rig thing just isn't for me. It's like, I, I like the internal stuff. Is there a reason there? Cause I, that, that fascinates me that that piqued my interest because I always thought that that external rig would be like way more efficient. I think for me, it was just probably because like the rigs I was making probably weren't like how they were supposed to be made. Mm-hmm. Because like after I caught the fish on one of them, like my rigs would just like pop out while I was casting. Okay. But I, I'm sure there's a way to get around that or like put barbs on like the, the stinger rigs itself. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of like tedious to like get a lure and then I had to go and make my own rig when I didn't yeah. really have all the components. So like that's, that's probably got something to do with it. I'm sure if I spent more time with it, it'd be cooler, but like you can definitely play around with them a lot. Like being able to throw like a weightless swim bait is really cool. Like I mm-hmm. remember they're like, I like trying to use one like a top water. Yeah. That was the appeal for me, that, but yeah. I think, I don't know. I, th- I feel like that's another European thing too. They're more of like, tackle tinkerers maybe like like owen said you see the colored mm-hmm. hooks and the the goofy bizarre stuff like american guys were, we're just like we want the muscular we want to take it out of the pack put it on the line and cast it like yeah i forget yeah. I, fo- I follow a couple like, of european bait makers and like especially there's so I, I follow a couple of italian pike bait makers and their pike baits are like very just very different i mean mm-hmm. they're they're long and slender and it's it's just interesting to see how people fish for this, basically the same type of predator, obviously not the same fish, but you know, you're, you're trying to get the same type of a strike. I will say they all eat raptors. I'm just going to throw that one out there (laughs) because I feel like they all eat raptors, but I have two other questions for Ben. I know we're getting up on time here. We'll have to let him go soon. He's probably got a video to edit. Probably, but these are just goofy questions. So, Footwear of choice. This is, I'm trying to turn this into like a, a reoccurring theme. So footwear <laughs> of, cho- of choice. Uh, like for fishing or just in general? Uh, fishing. 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 Crocs, uh, slides. Flip-flops. flip-flops. Oh, yep. okay. yeah. I, don't, like, I get a flip-flop tan line every single summer. I'm 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 good with that. I, I'm I can, a I can accept slide that. Down. I'm giving it the big thumbs down. I, <laughs> I see too many ways to get hurt with flip-flops. Minus the comfort of Crocs. I am I'm on board with the flip flops. And then the last question I have is boat snack of choice. Since we're trying to ask Ooh, everybody yeah. this one. I'm like the kind of guy that forgets to eat when I fish. Oh, see, oh, that's man. the thing. I have to go with uh, probably like cheese it so thank you. Okay. Oh dude, okay. I respect that. Well, I like <laughs> I like a cheese it. Notice that the theme, Ryan, though, is that all the good fishermen don't eat. Did you notice yeah. this? And all and that's people... probably because all the yeah. good fishermen are casting. Yeah, they're busy. Like you me, ask I'm any of us, we're like, oh, well, I like chocolate brownies. That, I like this. I like, and all the good that fish actually are like, I'll eat when I get home. Brings me to like the, one of the questions I have not asked, and that is, do you troll at all or do you only cast? I mainly cast. I, I haven't caught a muskie trolling. Like, I, I've, it's weird. Like, I'll try trolling. I'm like, it's self explanatory. Like, you know, just like troll around. Like, I know how to do it, but I just, I lose like confidence in it. And then I just, I mean, I pull, I like, I pull suckers, so I guess you could maybe consider that trolling, but I mainly cast. Well, Tom is offering classes on, on trolling. Yeah. 
because he's an expert these days. He's so. a resident trolling expert. I'll take you. I'll take you out for a seminar, Ben. We'll go trolling, but we'll just go cast. We'll I, I just my, needed to make. My, I needed to make Nick happy if he's listening out there. My trolling seminar will be: we put the troll the rod holders in the locker, and then we go cast somewhere. That'll be my. If you ever make it out to PA, because we're. I mean, it's fair assessment. We're known for trolling out here. You know, we've got a lot of bait. Some of you are. Don't don't want me in this mean, dirty crowd. I mean, there's a lot of trollers in PA. You ever come out here? You give us a shout, and we'll, we'll get you out there, and we'll we'll trawl around and, and pick up some fish. And Ben's Ben's on the short list. If we ever do a a, a hunks invitational, Ben's on the short list to make it. Uh, if we ever do like a a spring invitational for the Midwesterners to come in, I mean, we'll it's it's definitely not Sweden. <laughs> We'll not going to be quite as cool, Ben, but it'll be fun. No nice pikes, Ben. No nice pikes here, Ben. Just empty, <laughs> icy pike. light cans. Well, boys, should well, we let boys. Ben go? Yeah. yeah He's we'll given us go. enough of his time. Absolutely. Ben, we really appreciate this, man. This has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I I really appreciate it, too. I mean, it was, uh, I haven't gotten to go on like, uh, a podcast like this, so this has been a total blast. Cool, man. Good and we'll get you back good. for sure. Maybe after the next big overseas trip or something, you can be our our tour guide for overseas fishing. Sounds good. Hey, it ain't it ain't Sweden, but if we can get them to to Meadville, that'd be Close. a good time, right? Yeah, we'll data. Use your imagination. <laughs> get them off the cannon data. <laughs> Just keep doing. Right. What, I want to say, Ben, keep doing what you're doing, man, and Absolutely, keep setting man. a good example for the kids out there and positive energy and attitude and just those like i said the, the advanced musky for dummies man keep it keep it coming keep putting those things in a way that we can understand because it it's making sense i agree yeah dude thank you thank i will uh i will keep on it i'm doing my best cool dude all right boys all right guys it's all been right, real. ben we'll catch you around thanks ben thank you guys